We are in a series called Satisfaction, and um, we live in a culture that we can't get no satisfaction. We try and we try and we try, but the harder we try to get satisfaction, the more we don't actually get it. Rolling Stones, when they made that song back in the 70s, um, they got it exactly right. They were prophets, you know. They, it was amazing that the Rolling Stones could be prophets, right? But they were prophets about our time period and that we are trying to get satisfaction, but we can't. But actually, a guy 3,000 years ago said the same exact thing. He also said there's nothing new underneath the sun. And so, um, uh, so we, we've come to prove that, that 3,000 years later, we are still trying to get satisfaction the same way, but we just do not get it. Uh, first, we looked at uh, wisdom and folly and how we try to get satisfaction by those two extremes, but, but we never get it. Last week, PA, I'm sure, did an excellent job. I didn't get the chance to hear it because we didn't get it recorded. Uh, we got the cable thing figured out, right? Yeah, we, okay, we're good. Uh, because, you know, I'd much rather hear my voice than PA's, but that's a side note. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but uh, PA talked to us about how we try to get uh, uh, satisfaction through pleasure. Now this week, it's about through satisfaction through work. Kind of almost the opposite end of the spectrum from pleasure. We've got those that, that pursue pleasure, pursue pleasure, pursue pleasure. Say that five times fast, I only got three out. But then we've got your workaholics, right? That, uh, that, 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 that try to pursue pleasure or pursue satisfaction through work. Now, in our culture, we have a love-hate relationship with work. Why, why do we, why, the crowd participation, we've got less here, so I think I can trust you people. Uh, so, uh, 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 why do we love work? Money. money, right? That's the number one reason. Money, 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 money. Next week. We'll talk about that next week, all right? All right, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But money, you know, we work. We work to pay the bills, right? Why, why else do we love work? Is there any other reason that we love work? Huh? Praise. praise. Oh, praise. I'm not, I didn't. Yes, yes. By unnecessary, again, next week with money, possessions, the vanity of possessions, but yes, we work in order to buy unnecessary things that we, that we don't need. Why do we hate work? <laughs> waking up right it's terrible do it drama drama annoying people drama do what there's something else from over here huh the boss yeah the boss the boss so there's plenty of reasons why to love and to hate work but actually actually god created work god allowed work to be in the garden in the perfect garden Work was not a part of the curse after Adam and Eve sinned. Work was a part of the perfect garden before sin. Now, what, what, how I believe that it reads out is this, is that God was going to uh, 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 make everything grow on its own, and the work man and woman, all they had to do was three things. Name the animals, pick the fruit, and reproduce. That was the three things that God told them to do. And that was the work that they had. But then the, 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 the sin happened, and God cursed the ground in which man worked. It went from God producing the fruit for him, and all he had to do was pick the fruit off the tree, to man actually had to put seed in the ground to get it to grow, to toil the soil, plant it in the ground, 
fertilize it, make sure it gets enough water, grow. Uh, the, the entire process man was now in charge of, and, and that was part of the curse, is that the, 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 the ground was not going to be cooperative. Now, today, uh, any farmers here? Any farmers? Any farmers? Any farmers? Going once, going twice, gone. You're a farmer. Mer Miss Marie, you're a farmer, huh? You like to farm. So we got one farmer here. The rest of us, uh, we don't deal with the ground all that often. Anybody do laundry? Anybody? Anybody? Guys, this is the time to get your hands up, all right? Uh, anybody do laundry? Uh, you, you feel this, the fact that every time you do laundry, what happens? You have to do it. <laughs> Some marriage counseling there going on, yeah. You are doing the laundry and getting clothes dirty at the same time because, I, I'll just go here, I'm guessing you're wearing clothes while you're doing the laundry, okay? And so you're getting clothes dirty while you're doing the laundry. It is a cycle, it is a process that never ends. That is part of the curse. <laughs> like you're throwing laundry in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the washing machine, you're like, this is part of the curse. Curse you, Satan. You know, that sort of thing. But, but work was intended to be good. Intended to be good. But now, only 30% of Americans actually enjoy their work. There's something wrong here, right? If it was intended to be good, but only 30% of us enjoy our work, what's going on? And Solomon talked about this 3,000 years ago. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, we're going to throw the ver verses up on the screen. Of course, you can follow along in a hardbound Bible. Ecclesiastes is towards the middle after Sol uh, uh, Psalms. If you, if you open into the middle, you probably find Psalms. Just go right a little bit and you'll find Ecclesiastes. And then uh, in our Bible app, we put an event in the Bible, not our Bible app. Uh, we put an event in the Bible app, the Version app. And so you can go in there. I put uh, verses, I put extra verses uh, in there that you can study after today, but you have to save the actual event uh, in order to be able to come back to it and see those verses. So Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 18, I, Solomon, came to hate all my hard work here on earth. Anybody amen with Solomon? Anybody amen with Solomon there? For I must leave to others everything I have earned, and who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Anybody glad you came to church this morning after we read all that? Let's keep, yeah, let's keep reading. Verse 26, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Now, maybe you're like, I'm glad I've got tomorrow off because I need a day in order to recover from this sermon in order to go back to work. And, and so we're, we're going we're gonna to end on a positive note of what, what, what Solomon says is, is good work. But First, we need to talk about how work is chasing after the wind because he talks about this here. And the four things that he talks about is stuff that we deal with today 3,000 years later. 
first of all, where it becomes chasing the wind by not getting to keep the fruit of our labor. He talks about giving, uh, giving possessions to successors. This is the idea of inheritance, all right, that you're passing down inheritance to the next generation. But he's like, who knows if they're going to use it well or not? I see parents looking at kids right now, right? It's it's awesome, yeah. yeah. Well, you can kind of help make sure that maybe they're going to use it wisely, but his point is, is, is spot on, right? Like, you work hard to save and to pass on an inheritance, and some of you are like, no inheritance here. Well, you can work towards that. Do you know the number you need to save every month in order to retire with a million dollars? I do. We're not able to save that yet. But you can easily find that out. Isn't that a worthy goal? To actually get to pass something on? But also, with that, if you pass that on, are they going to use that wisely? Like, we can work, we can save, but it's meaningless if they don't use that next generation doesn't use it wisely. But also, but also, but also, when we get money, what do we do? We spend money, right? Yeah, yeah, ching, ching, yeah. We got money, we spend money. Who knows if they're using the money you give them wisely? Are they working hard for the money that you give them? Now, we will pay more money for somebody that works well has a good product and good customer service, right? There's probably something in your life that you have paid more money for than a competitor because you like that brand. There's probably something there. And if they work hard for your money, you have no problem with paying even a little bit extra. Just case in point, an easy example. If you go to the restaurant today and that waiter or waitress bends over backwards to serve you, you're going to give a little bit extra money. You, you should. But if not, eh, right? We pay extra money for somebody that works hard. But then what we do is we work hard to earn money and then we just essentially give it, to we- give it away to people that really just simply uh, uh, capitalize on our desires. What do we call that? We have a desire for more stuff. So people capitalize on that desire by giving us credit. And we rack up a bunch of debt. And you would think that if you earned more money, you would have less debt. Actually, that's not the case. If you earn more money, statistically, in America, you have more debt. Why? Because you feel like you can handle the monthly payments better. It's a rat race. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. We're giving our money away to people who really, quite frankly, don't even earn it, don't even work for it. And it's meaningless, right? It's chasing the wind. We work and we don't even get to keep the fruit of our labor because we're just giving it away. Two, work becomes chasing the wind by not getting sleep. Solomon said that. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. Anybody lose sleep because they're worried about work? Anybody? Anybody? Just me? Just me? Okay. Three of you here. Four with me. Okay. The rest of you are sleeping nine hours a night, and you're just rocking it, right? 
I've lost sleep because worried about stuff with Crosspoint. I mean, it's a church. It's a low-maintenance church to boot, but I've lost sleep over stuff that's happening. We lose sleep. As Americans, we sleep awful. Between work and Facebook, we get horrible sleep. Why? Because we're worried about stuff. Work becomes chasing the wind. We worry about it, we worry about it, we worry about it, and then we try to lay down at night and we can't even sleep. It's chasing the wind. Third, we hate work. We just flat out hate work and it becomes chasing the wind. We, we go to a job that we hate in order to get a, the paycheck that we love, but then we have to go back to the job that we hate and we feel stuck. We feel stuck. We end up hating work. And he talks about it throughout the, I mean, the first four words, I came to hate. I came to hate. What do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? We, we hate work. Like I said, 30% of us like our work or love our work. The other 70 are just eh or hate their work. We'll talk about how to get into that 30% if you're not there. Fourth, fourth, we keep, we store what we do get. Verse number 26 there, uh, I'll read it again actually out of the, uh, the ESV version because it, it, it shows it a little bit better. For those who, get, who pleases him, for the one... For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. And so what Solomon is saying here is this, the, 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 the sinner, the, the, the one who works and is actually is able to save and stuff, if their only focus is on saving and hoarding and actually, quite frankly, being greedy, then work is meaningless as well. You're like, wait a minute, you started off saying, let's save and pass on an inheritance. Well, I, there's a happy medium. What, what he's talking about here is the hoarder of money, the greedy person. The Ebenezer screws that the money is all about them. He's saying that's that makes work meaningless as well. Again, now everybody's probably really glad you trudged through the rain to get to church to be able to talk about how much work is a downer. Yay! Let's resolve this. All right. Solomon does say that there is a better way. There is a way to really kind of get back to creation as it was meant. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we should really lean into this. Because this should be the pattern of work and, and, and really attitude of work that we have. I skipped over two verses there in, the, in, the, in, in, in chapter 2. I read 18 through 26, but I skipped over 24 and 25 because he, he kind of resolves all this in that. Uh, and that. And then we'll go on and read in chapter 3. So Ecclesiastes 2, 24, So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I really realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. Then uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 
uh, uh, 1 through 8 is, is where um, we, we get this song, you know, for every season, turn, turn, turn. You know, that's, that's where we get that. And that he, Solomon is talking about there's a time for war, there's a time for peace, there's a time for love. There's time, uh, all of that, all of those opposites he says there's a time for. And actually, I believe that works into this whole work conversation. Because there's a time for pleasure. And there's a time for work. What do people really get for all their hard work? Ecclesiastes 3.9 I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Solomon had a better way. Enjoy the fruit of our God-given labor. Now, today in the industrialized and technologized culture that we live in, we don't experience this quite the same way that we did even 200 years ago. Really, our culture, the industrialized culture, is brand new in, in the scope of the history of the world, right? We've historically been an agri- agricultural thank you, society that all of our jobs was to go out and plant something. We planted in the ground and we got to reap the benefits of our fruit and we got to enjoy the fruit of our labor immediately and then the, what my family didn't enjoy I, I sold to your family and if you weren't a farmer you were a tailor and you made clothes and you got to enjoy the fruit of those clothes immediately and the ones that you that you made that was extra you sold or you were a blacksmith or you were a baker Right? Maybe you had an apprentice, but that was it. We were all kind of in business for ourselves. Right? We were enjoying the fruits of our labor immediately. But then the Industrial Revolution happened, and guys like Levi Strauss decided, I can mass-produce blue jeans. And then guys like Henry Ford decided, I can mass-produce cars. And then Mr. Kroc decided that I could mass produce hamburgers. And then what happened? Middle management, right? That's what happened. None of us work for ourselves anymore. Now, this isn't a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's the reality of the world in which we live, right? It just is. And then enough Levi Strausses came up. And what did you need? Retail stores, right? We didn't go to Levi straight to buy blue jeans. We went to Walmart or Target. We didn't go to the farmer straight unless we went to a farmer's market. We went to Price Cutter, right? We, we, we needed retail stores. And all of this started blooming and blossoming. Now, we don't really reap the fruit of our work in the immediate way like we did when we planted corn and we got corn. We get money. That is our bartering system now. So how do we enjoy the fruit of our God-given labor? 
Nicole and I, we got the chance to kind of get away a little bit for our anniversary this, this past week and went to, went to Kansas City and, and um, I didn't enjoy the, the hotel that we stayed in quite as much as what I, I would have liked. But you know what, you know what we did? We were, we were within walking distance for the, to the Country Club Plaza and, and we went to uh, Cheesecake Factory and ate cheesecake. Uh, like, we didn't eat food, we ate cheesecake, better than food. Twice we did that, twice. We walked there and walked back, so, it, you know, we took care of all the extra stuff. But we did it, we did it twice. We dropped $30 for cheesecake. $30 just for cheesecake. It's worth it. And we each got our own because we like different cheesecakes, right? No sharing, no. Um, I don't want hers anyway. It's got chocolate in it and probably nuts and just all that gross stuff, and so I just didn't want to deal with it. You know, I got key lime and, and apple, the much better, better choice. Anyway, I digress. And um, we didn't worry about spending $30 for cheesecake. Why? We got the chance to enjoy the fruit of our God-given labor. As many of you know, we're trying to get out of debt and we're, we're close and now we can save a little bit more and we can sit down and we can enjoy this stuff without worry. As a guy by the name of Dave Ramsey says, you, you can now order from the left side of the menu, not the right side of the menu. What does that mean? What's always on the right side of the menu? The prices, right? And if you're worried about money... You order from the right side of the menu. That's the cheapest thing. It's liver and onions, and I hate it, but that's the cheapest thing. But when you actually get to enjoy the fruit of your God-given labor, labor because you're not giving your money away to people who don't earn your money, you get to order from the left side of the menu. And work becomes a little bit more enjoyable then, doesn't it? When you're not just giving and handing your money away. So how do we actually do this? First of all, mindset change. We need mindset change to work. Paul, guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said in Colossians, and these are part of the study guide down below, said in Colossians that we need to work as unto the Lord and not a boss. That whoever our human boss is, that if we have in our perspective that we're really working towards the Lord for Jesus, as Jesus is our boss, really, for a lot of us, that's probably all the mindset change that we need in order to enjoy work. That whatever it takes for you, every day that you get up for work, that you're saying, I'm working for Jesus. I'm not working for any humans. Now that means you will serve humans. But really you are working for God. Why is that? Well, secondly, work in your strengths. In Romans 12, actually from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but specifically I wrote in here Romans 12, God has given us gifts. Now, the context of Romans 12 is using them inside the church, and at the end of the service today, we'll talk about that. But he doesn't give us gifts just to work inside the church. He gives us gifts to work in the marketplace. 
and, and Gallup polls that say that, 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 that say that 30% of Americans actually enjoy their work. Why is that? One of the, one of the characteristics, defining characteristics, is that 30%, they're working in their strengths. They're either they have decided that at their job they're going to work in their strengths or, or the job itself, the culture itself of that job has, has put the employees in their strengths. They work in their strengths. God has given each of us an it factor to life and for our work. What is that? And are you working inside of that? Chances are higher that you enjoy your work if you're working inside your strengths. There's some things that I've actually tried to cut back from here inside of Crosspoint because this is my main strength right here, is teaching. Like I've said it from the very beginning. If you just cage me up, bring me out to do this, and cage me back up, Crosspoint will be better off. Ser- really, seriously, yeah. Because this is, this is my main deal. I don't know if I'm really that good of a leader, and, and I'm, I'm not sure. As another pastor I, I've, I heard, I've I really resonated with this. He was, like, he was like, I'm not sure that I'm called the pastor, but I'm called the pastor of the church that I'm at. I'm like, I get it. Because <laughs> I look at other churches, quite frankly, and go, uh, if Crosspoint something happens, like, I don't know. I don't know. Work inside your strengths. Work will become more pleasurable. Thirdly, find meaningful work. 1 Corinthians 5.10 and Colossians 1.28-29 is Paul talking about his work. He, he said that he, has a, he had, a, had a great work ethic and it was a grace from God. And that in, in Colossians, that he talked about how much he uh, uh, strove and, 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 and toiled for the work of bringing the gospel to people. And if we find meaningful work, we'll sacrifice for it. No matter if we, I mean, we'll get paid, but we'll sacrifice for it. You know, an interesting tidbit that I found in the research this week is that zookeepers have kind of an off-the-chart satisfaction rating for, the, for, for their work. Despite all the crap that they go through, like quite literally, that they have an off-the-charts satisfaction. Why? Because in order to last, you have to have a passion for it. You have to find it meaningful. All the, 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 the minute, tedious tasks, tasks that they have to do, they have to have a passion for it. They have to find it meaningful. How can you find your job meaningful? That, that there's a bigger vision than just getting a paycheck and showing up for work because that's what you're supposed to do as a, uh, a responsible adult. Now, sometimes a brother's got to eat and a sister's got to eat and a family's got to eat and you, you go take a job that you don't see yourself sit, staying in long term, but yet you can still find meaningful work. I worked for Target for a year. I, I liked it. It was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't my niche, right? And so the meaningful work that I was doing was the God-given money that people have been given. They come and they buy stuff in order to enjoy their life better. That's what I was doing. I was giving them that. Enjoy meaningful work. That's the second thing of the 30% that actually enjoy their work. They, they work in their strength and they find meaning in their work, even the most menial, menial of tasks. Now, those of you that are younger generation than me, I, I, my age is kind of a generation divide from the older generation and the younger generation. 
those of you that are younger generation than me, we've talked about this a lot in our small group, that you have a, a desire for meaningful work, probably even more so than the older generation. The older generation, that's a generation that works for a company for 40 years, whether you hate it or like it, get the gold watch and go retire, right? But, but you don't want that. But the downside to what you experience is that if I don't find pleasure or passion in that task, then I'll give up that job. Well, sometimes a brother's got to eat and a sister's got to eat. And sometimes there's, there's crap to be shoveled in every job, right? In every job. Some of it, literally, some of it, nurses, right? Nurses. And no zookeepers here, so, you know, not, not go with that. But nurses, literally, um, or figuratively. But that doesn't mean it's not meaningful work. You just have to find the meaning in that work, the big vision. This series is really not very spiritual. It's not like Jesus saves and, you know, all rah-rah and, 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 and all this. For those of you that struggle with church and God and the Bible and all of that, this is what I want you to walk away with. I want you to see God as trustworthy because he talked about how to work 3,000 years ago. And consider him as the Lord of your life, simply because he's done this and he's put this in there. That a document that may be walking in here you didn't think was relevant to your life, that something written 3,000 years ago speaks right directly to your life today. And those of us that are followers of Christ, God has written this in for our utmost joy. That our utmost worship of him ends in our utmost joy. And in our utmost worship of him includes our philosophy and mindset and action towards work. Where are you lacking according to God's word? And now as we go into a time of reflection, pray about that. Pray about that. Mindset change? Are you working in your strengths? Do you find meaning in your work? Pray about those things as we go into this time of reflection. Let's pray. Thank you, Father Lord. I thank you for this time. I pray that you will move in us, that, that we become examples of, 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 of work and how to work at work. That because we are Christians, we don't take a day, uh, a, 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 a day off while at work. That because we are Christians, and because you have called us to that work, we set the bar. We set the example. We show how we can enjoy the fruit you've given us through your God-given labor. Let us live as leaders in this. It's your name we pray. Amen. Go and stand with us. We'll have a time of reflection. Pray about you, God, and your work.